Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hello again. And just like when you <laughs> trip... You didn't say here. welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast. Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast. Thanks for joining us again. Just like when you trip and look down and find a four-leaf clover, today we are going to... I don't know. God damn it, why are you going to look at me? Hi, I'm Elaine. You're so pretty. I'm Carly. <laughs> I'm John. I'm Tony. Each mm-hmm. of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action adventure and I'm not going to say it like Carly. <laughs> I have no... It's, it's my theme. She's like... Yeah, but he stopped going, it's, I have action and adventure. Oh, well, because, yeah. the drama and the romance. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that every time. The horror and the thriller. <laughs> got dun, dun, dun. You should. No, I still have the action and the adventure. <clears throat> well, either way, we we take turns selecting from our movie genre, movies that, in our opinion, have not received the respect they deserve. You won't see any of these movies on anyone's top ten list, but maybe by listening to our podcast, we can convince you to give these films a second chance. And maybe send us some stuffing. Oh. Oh. Maybe not. Nobody likes the stuffing peas. This week, this week, what are we doing this week, Harley? We are doing Elaine's latest pick, Michael, with John Travolta from 1996. Not to be Definitely. confused with John Travolta's 1998, Michael. There wasn't one, I just Okay. <laughs> Tony and I realized today, this movie is old enough to drink. Yep. Wow. And so are we. Yes. Cheers. <laughs> and if this movie was old enough to drink... You know, if they drank too much, maybe they'll go into battle. Ooh. Okay. Huh? 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 Michael was kind of smack dab in the middle of the well, maybe not the middle, but smack dab in the Travolta resurgence because he goes up and down and up. This and was down after and that's true. Up All right, his resurgence started with Pulp Fiction, which was nineteen ninety four. So this would be right in the beginning of it. So, well, but it didn't. His resurgence didn't really not that last that very long because. But he's a hell of a dancer, goes, so go ahead. It goes up and down. Well, tell us about it. I don't know about it. All right, whatever. So, Michael <laughs> from 1996. This movie, I have no idea how much it made because I didn't have the information, but it grossed $119 million worldwide. Wow. Million. I got to think that made a profit. So, it sounds like it made a profit. Because yeah. I don't think they cost that much to make this. So yet, like those wings didn't look that expensive. Yeah. Yet, at the same time, people didn't really seem to love it. It got a 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb and a 38 Metascore from 18 critic reviews. So, not good. And then, on the old Rotten Tomatoes, the audience gave it a 45, but the critics' tomato meter only gave it a 36. What the hell do the critics know? Well, uh, not much. So, if we go to reviews, I have a review here by someone, gentleman, lady, named... She alive? G. Pickles. G. Pickles. Did you pick that just because I hate pickles? Yes. And because she loves pickles. And it starts with, it says, This movie is severely underrated. It has tons of charm and sincerity. There are many quiet details that make this movie worth watching. I have, then they say some other crap. And then I don't care. Well, they go away to say. Best much, review this ever. Is, much this like Tony's, sh- like, oh, underrated. Best yeah. Reading of well, the review. Well, no, because then they say I have very high standards. No, I know blah, what you blah, just blah, said. Blah, and blah. then they say other stuff and some crap. <laughs> no, excuse me. I think I had the best review ever. It was just fantastic. crap. And then, um, <laughs> but 
if you want to, I mean, if, if you want to look at the other side, then you get Frank, Frank saying, Frank. no, I can't pronounce Frank's last name. It's spelled O-C-H-I-E-N-G. Thanks, Frank. And uh, he says it's a cloying and cloudy romantic comedy in which Travolta dons angel wings. Michael is innocuously whimsical but wasteful, which is wrong because it's just good. But so that's what the critics had to say about that. All right. Well, let's get into it. I hope Michael's not a dick to anybody and pours a drink on him. So this movie was directed by Nora Ephron, and she has directed, produced, and written a slew of stuff. Okay. Most of the things that she directs, she also writes, including Michael. She also, some other ones I liked, Sleepless in Seattle, mm-hmm. You've Got Mail. Oh, that's oh I know that one. And then 2009's Julie and Julia, which is a really great movie, no, which Carly needs to investigate. No, it's not. Perhaps I she, um, hide it, hide it. She co-wrote this with her sister Delilah, who she also wrote Bewitched, Hanging Up, and You've Got Mail with. And her sister Delilah also wrote The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, which is another good, great movie that I enjoy. I've seen that. They're also credited These are girl movies. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Well, Nora Ephron, it, like, in addition, she also wrote um, My Blue Heaven and When Harry Met Sally. So she's got a long career of writing really cool stuff. As of today, she's 71 years old, so she's been around a long time. Wow. There's also two other gentlemen credited on this, a Peter Dexter... And Jim Quinlan, who makes me think, and this is like for story, so I think this was probably maybe their idea or maybe a real life situation kind of a thing that they pitched as an idea and then these ladies turned it into a movie. Or probably the girls wrote it and the studio's like, have a couple guys go over this. No, but Jim <laughs> Quinlan, the name of the name of Williams Hurt's character, his last name is Quinlan, so I think that maybe this guy Pitch that idea and put himself in the movie. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? This, of course, stars the great John Travolta from such great movies as The Punisher with one (laughs) Thomas Jane, motherfucking Aquaman. Grease. My favorite, 1997's Face Off. Grease. And also Battlefield Earth. Grease. He's in Battlefield Earth. I've never seen Battlefield Don't worry, Carly. You will. I'm surprised we haven't done that on the podcast because she really likes that. She's saving that. Like, that's a shit. She really likes it. It's in her back pocket later. Someday. I don't want to break that out too early. She wants to wait till we really piss her off. Till we really hit them. Oh, you made me watch blah blah. You're watching. Oh, Andy McDowell plays our love interest, Dorothy Winters, who I don't think is a great actress, but I really love her movies. Tony was like, she's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like she had the best agent. Yes. She was in some Groundhog really Four Weddings and a Funeral. Multiplicity. She, yeah. she was yeah. in some really yeah. good movies that could have been any other actress would have been just fine. Yeah. But she had a good agent. Somebody was working hard on her behalf. Then we have William Hurt playing Frank Quinlan, who I love in 2008's uh, The Hulk as General Thunderbolt Ross. Yep, he was awesome. Mm-hmm. That movie's pretty good. Then we have John's favorite, Bob Hoskins. <laughs> Please don't do any Bob Hoskins impressions. I'm going to do that. Again. Roger uh, Rabbit's fame. Yes, of Roger Rabbit fame. And Super Mario Brothers. And Hook. Uh, he's famous for Super Mario Brothers, but not for the reasons he, one would like. <laughs> and then we have Robert Pastore as Huey Driscoll, who I loved in Murphy Brown. 
That was mm. not a good show. Mm-hmm. It ran for 10 years from 1988 to 19... And my mom watched that show. I watched a lot of Murphy Brown. He played Eldon uh, <laughs> <Yes>. Bernicki. <laughs> he was also in uh, 1990's Dancing with Wolves. Never heard of it. Just thought Are I'd put serious? that out there. Yeah, He's just fucking with me. Dancing with Wolves. <laughs> you know, that starred a great actor... Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. No, we went through the last <laughs> podcast and didn't get any Kevin Costner references. So, that does so seem weird. John? Yes? I'd like you to tell me your thoughts on well, the movie Michael before I've seen this, this uh, um, one might say, a whole shitload of times. Mm-hmm. Maybe a shit ton Ooh. of times. Because I'm married to you. <laughs> That's not why you've seen that this many times. So, I, I didn't have any expectations going into exactly what was going to happen. And I don't remember the first time was that I actually saw this movie. It might have been in the 90s. Who knows? The 90s is a blur. I was on, you know, I had the Tibet and the little Quaalude. I'm just kidding. Um, so, yeah, I was looking forward to enjoying revisiting this this movie here with John Travolta. And I really look forward to the dancing scene. Okay. Carly. All right. I had heard of this movie. Heard. Heard being the operative word here. I had never seen it, and honestly, until you mentioned it, forgot that it existed. But I had heard of it, and what I remembered hearing about it was that John Travolta played an angel. That's all I got. That's what Carly's got, Tony. (laughs) I don't, I get, um, like John, I don't remember when I saw this movie. Um, I like John Travolta, and I'm actually a fan of angels, so... I wanted to see the movie, and I think I, I think it was either I rented it or it came on television or something, and I watched it. But I've seen it a few times since then. Well, I'm going to dedicate this episode to you, Tony, because our talk of the Archangel Michael in the Frailty episode is what made me decide to do this. So huh. this is dedicated to you. So it's my in fault. your honor. Tony <laughs> thought maybe that was the case, and I was like, I think she already had picked we, the movie. We had talked about. Michael well, before, but... Well, she had thrown but, it out in a list of maybe movies she was thinking about but, that might have cemented it. But I was like, oh, I'm definitely doing this. It made me look at the IMDb's and say, oh, people have underrated this all over the place. Because this needs to be appreciated. Well, then. All right. So, we open with this song that at first kind of sounds like it's going to be him, but it's not. <laughs> it's, oh, shit, it's Randy Newman. Yeah. Buckle up, people. Randy Newman did the soundtrack for this. And we get we get this beautiful shot of this eagle flying, and then these country roads and this station wagon, and you can see someone driving and someone sitting in the back seat creepily, because <laughs> no one should ever sit in the back seat when there's no one in the front in the passenger seat. It's Unless so weird, it's like a Uber situation, <laughs> or they've been shot. It's very weird. And then uh, they're driving down a country road. Lo- road and they pull into a bank and an old lady and a man in a trench coat get out and they go into a bank they're in there and then they leave and the old lady looks upset I'm not going to lie to you I didn't realize it was a bank like I didn't have my glasses on I couldn't read the sign I thought maybe it was a little tiny church in a small town (laughs) why are you watching movies for our podcast without your glasses on I haven't taken my glasses out of my car in years (laughs) didn't know I had glasses. How wait, how long have you been dating? Four two, years four next years? month. Two, four years. Tony likes to not remember how many years. But I do have glasses. I'm supposed to wear them when I watch movies and when I drive at night. So they live in my car. I've never heard this before. 
I think she's making it up. I haven't used them in a long, long time. Sometimes Carly reads weird... No, she reads weird things into these characters. Do you think it's because she's not wearing her glasses and doesn't (laughs) understand what's happening? It might be. But it looked kind of like a little tiny church in a tiny small town. It did did not look like a bank. I mean, it just just said bank on it, but... I, I even wrote down the name of the bank later on in my notes. It's like the first bank of Iowa or something. <laughs> something. I'll, I'll get to it. it. <laughs> Looks like a one-bedroom house. So they get back in the car and they drive off, and then the bank closes for the day, and you get some, you get some music cues and a lot of wind, and then all of a sudden the bank collapses. It's gone. It's been smoked. Smited. And then it's been four minutes, and that was our opening scene, and we have no idea what happened. Prologue. And then we switch to some Christmas music. And we get a Santa photo shoot. And I was like, what in the hell is this movie about? (laughs) So while I was watching this... I got nothing. Like, our daughter walked by and goes, are you listening to Christmas music? I was like, yeah, you know, middle of April, I was just... (laughs) Yeah! Christmas music's great. Crank them out. Actually, was it May now? (laughs) But we see what clearly seems to be the setup for a photo shoot. People bringing in props, a guy in a Santa suit. And, um... We get, you know, there's two gentlemen, our our main characters. Although Bob Hoskins gets top billing over the gentleman that plays Huey, which seems strange because Huey's in way more of the movie than Bob Hoskins. <laughs> Guess he's just more famous. But so we get um, Quinn and Huey, and they're talking about kind of about their job and stuff like that. And Huey doesn't seem to want to do this, but Quinn kind of talks him into it a little bit. And then they're like, "What are we missing?" And Huey goes, oh, the children. And so Quinn yells, let them out, which I thought was funny. And then you mm-hmm. get a bunch of tiny, adorable children running, which is and they're so, so cute. <laughs> and then they take all these pictures, and then we see it on the cover of a magazine with the caption, Yuletide Shocker, 300-year-old elf bound. And this, we see the magazine is the National Mirror, so then we find that our gentlemen work as reporters for the National Mirror. Then we go to the offices... And we have Frank Quinlan and Huey Driscoll, our reporters, um, in Malt's office, getting an ass chewing. Barton Malt, played by Bob Hoskins, is their boss. And apparently Sparky, Huey's dog, is the star of this magazine. And that's apparently why he has a job, but uh, they're not so, Malt is not so keen on them. Mm-hmm. He makes it pretty clear the only reason they have a job. Is the dog? Is the dog? He's got paintings of the dog and pictures of the dog and his. Sparky, I get the dog. He also seemed really angry. He's giving them an ass chewing because the kids that they used were Indians dressed up like Eskimos, and he was mad because Middle America wants to see little white kids. White kids, white kids. Which I thought was kind of funny because when it comes to cute little kids, nobody cares. That's not true. He's just incredibly racist. Well, yeah, I thought it was funny that he, I mean, this is 1996, so it's a different time, I guess. But I just think it's funny because nobody really cares about kids. Like, you might care about grown-ups if you're a racist, but nobody really cares about cute kids. Cute kids are cute kids. I agree. So then they go to their desks, and you see this Christmas tree carried by a crane in the background. And then we find out that Huey had been in charge of getting the Christmas tree for in front of the building. And that he had found this big, beautiful tree that wouldn't fit on the truck. So he cut the top off. 
because he did not realize what a big deal it would be to put the top back on. Reconnect them. Mm-hmm. And he was all concerned that Malt would hate him forever, and Quinn is like, you're never going to get fired because you, the dog. because you have the dog. Sparky. Let's call him Sparky, not the dog. Makes me feel good. <laughs> Sparky. Because you, you have Sparky. There you go. Thank you. While they're having this conversation, Quinn is going through his mail, and he finds this letter from Pansy Milbank at the Milk Bottle Motel, telling him all about this angel that she has living with her named Michael, and inviting them to come and visit and see her angel. So, we get another ass chewing, where Malt is chewing out Huey for the Christmas tree debacle. Because they drop... The tree, don't they? Well, what happened? Well, he's chewing him out. They do drop the tree, but I think that he was going to chew him out about the tree anyways because yeah, he had cut the top off. But they dropped the tree, and I think for a second I thought there was going to be some joke about it landing on his car, but that did not happen. That happened in the movie <laughs> in my head. It just seems sometimes the movie in your head is just better than the movie we're watching. <laughs> yeah, I wish I watched the movie you did. It's been there a couple times. <laughs> But, so, mm-hmm. Huey's getting this asteroid, and Quinn just kind of walks in, sits on the couch, and is like, it doesn't matter, because I have great news. I am going to get you an angel. And in the time that, from the first time they left the office and went to their desks, somebody else has entered his Malt's office, because sitting on the couch is Amy McDowell, this lovely young lady. And, um... She happens to be an angel expert. Tony was oh, like, hmm. <laughs> She's fine to look at. No, she's pretty. She's okay. But, uh, so, Quinn says, I got a real life angel here. And I think she enclosed a picture, so he's showing Malt this picture. And Malt says, let's make a deal. You go bring me this angel, or you're fired and I get to keep the dog. And Quinn makes this, agrees, and then Malt says, but you have to take her. And they mm-hmm. point at Dorothy. And Malt tells her she's hired. And Quinn's like, why do we need to bring her? And Malt says, well, she's an angel expert. Which is awfully handy. That he would have been interviewing an angel expert when they happened to come into his office with an angel story. Well, They're not too bright, so. So now our movie is all set up. We have our three main characters, Mm -hmm. our fun, loving dog. Isn't there four main characters? You've got Michael, who's the title character. Reporters. Three main characters, our dog, and our mission to go secure an angel. All right, I'm in. Let's go. So we go to the next scene, and we see Dorothy. So we just found out she's an angel expert. The very next scene, she's talking to a, a someone, we can't see right away, where she's explaining about how she has to go away, that she got this job, that she lied, that she has to just pretend to be an angel expert. So mm-hmm. now we know right away she's not an angel expert. I was like, does she have kids? <laughs> and the camera pans out and it's a bunch of dogs it's Carly kids <laughs> we see, we see her babies that, that Mo wants her to go with her with them that she's not an angel expert and that she works with dogs so we can all infer kind of that she is going because of the Sparky situation and then we get a quick flash because it's been three seconds four minutes to the Milk Bottle Motel. Yes. To where we see an old lady sleeping and coughing. She does not look well. Mm-mm. And then standing in the corner is the angel. And why is he sleep standing up? Why do you question these things? It's I an just angel. thought You're it was not... so weird. No, that's not for you to decide. <laughs> I just thought it was so strange that he sleeps standing up. My nose is stuffy. 
Okay, <laughs> we'll hit the pause button. Every, we'll be right back, folks. All right. You missed the big blowing of the nose. It was loud. <laughs> <laughs> it was a real honker of a, of a nose blow. Okay, go. So, All right. Where were we? Might think it's funny, but it's not. Where are we? <laughs> Great question. We're in Iowa. Iowa. Well, that's funny because Iowa, Tony, five bucks. That's a Saved by the Bell reference. <laughs> Very good. Good news. Iowa. Iowa, Zach, ten bucks. Nice catch, Carly. Wow. I know, that's unlikely. <laughs> so, wait a minute. She hasn't Three. seen movies, but she can pull obscure Saved by the Bell references out of nowhere. Interesting. Intriguing. <laughs> All right, well. Watched a lot of after-school TV. Okay, well, that's great because I got Hot Sunday performing uh, after we're done here. So. <laughs> Time out. So now we're in the car. We're in the rental car, and we're driving to the motel. And we they're chatting, and um, I don't remember what she says, but um, Dorothy makes mention of Bradley, husband number one. And uh, Quinn tells Dorothy the story of how Huey got Sparky. Apparently... Um, what had happened was. You want to tell the story? Nope. <laughs> no, go ahead. I just, it's completely, I have totally forgotten we'll the entire story. Right no, I wrote some reminders and it's not enough and you interrupted me and I've lost it. Well, Bob Hoskins <laughs> had a dog that looked just like Sparky. And they were and, hanging out. And the dog ended up under a tire <coughs> of a tractor. Ooh. Is that right? Yeah. And then there we go. See, this dog ran out. And decided who it was owner was going to be. And he was like, hey, this dog happens to be Sparky, too. So yeah, the dog just like that. The dog. The name is Sparky. Why Damn, did the, the dog came up. <coughs> Go <that's> ahead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so the dog had come up to Huey. I don't know why. I don't but know why. when he was, Huey was with Sparky, then Malt had come up and explained the story about how he had a dog that looked just like that. And then so Huey goes, oh, what a coincidence. This dog's name is Sparky, And too. Well, he told him that his name is Sparky. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. And um, so I have totally lost my train of thought. So, so she thought so it was going to be some heartwarming she, story. But really, it it's really terrible. Wasn't. And Quinn is, like, laughing because he thinks this is hilarious. And so is Huey. And she thinks it's awful that... They, she's like, ah, oh, this yeah. story about a dead dog, and they're, you know, these guys are the worst. Yeah, she's <laughs> not happy to be there. So then they pull up to the motel, and it's a little creepy. You know, it's all deserted, and there's nobody around, and they can't, you know, like nobody answers the door. But they look up, and there's somebody peeking out the curtains, and they're like, well, somebody's home. Mm-hmm. And um, so, pay, they knock on the door, and Pansy. Our old, la- our older lady, played by um, Jean Stapleton, old Edith Bunker herself. Yep. She opens the door and she looks at him, and she's giving him some serious side eye, like "Who are you and what you want?" And Quinn explains. Which seems odd because they got a letter. From well, her. no, but she doesn't know what they look like, so yeah. they're just some yahoos. <laughs> so he says, "You know, I'm Quinn. You wrote me a letter. This is my associate Huey. This." This is Dorothy. She's an expert in angels. And this is Sparky. You know, Sparky. And she's like, like, oh, yeah, Sparky. So she, you must be so cool. And she opens the door and she takes the dog and then shuts the door in their face. (laughs) Which is great. (laughs) Yeah, she says, Sparky must be so cold. 
And they're all standing out there freezing, yeah. but she didn't give a shit. <laughs> so then we cut to them all in her living room. And they're kind of, you know, making a little small talk. And she has this horrible coughing fit mm-hmm. where she ends up all slumped over in the chair. And they're looking at each other and they're like, oh my God, this lady died on us. And we'll making breakfast. No, well, she, no, because this is where they're in the living room. This is where they first meet her. They oh, think she dies, and called. he's like, "Don't touch me." He touches her, and he's like, "Are you okay?" And she's like, "Don't touch me." And then they, um, she says she's contemplating her death. And Dorothy starts talking about the smell. Is there something in the oven? What is that baking? The smell. The smell. So familiar. It's the smell it from smells childhood. Smells so good. And they want to and. I wish I smelled like cookies. Pansy's like, well, you don't believe me. You want to see him. And they're like, yes, please. And so she calls Michael. And then we hear somebody walking upstairs. You can like see the boards in the ceiling moving. Yeah. Well, yeah. John Travolta was a little heavy, so. And <laughs> you see. Are we boring you? Uh, no, I just had to yawn. I got problems. Um, so we see. So he comes down the stairs, and you can see it's like the open staircase where you see his feet first and then his legs and stuff like that. And he's wearing a pair of boxer shorts. And his feathers. And he's and his feathers. He's got angel wings. Smoking and he looks like... Because he won't come down until he finds his smokes. Yep. And she says, they're yeah. on the nights or the bedside table by my cortisone. And I said, do they sleep together? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because we saw in that earlier scene that she sleeps in the bed and he sleeps standing up in the corner. Yeah, did you miss that? I might have. <laughs> Much so, like during the frailty episode where you forgot that, well, the brother's alive. We know that. <laughs> so <laughs> he comes down the stairs. Sometimes he's in his boxers. <laughs> he's smoking. He's all seedy looking. You know, he's obviously slightly overweight and slightly mm-hmm. past his prime. And then he goes to the um, fridge. He opens it up. He cracks a beer, starts drinking it, walks through the room. And, back and says, He says, how do you do? And just walks right back upstairs. And Pansy says, I have to apologize for Michael. He doesn't suffer fools. Telling them they're all ignorant fools. Mm-hmm. But he'll be better tomorrow. So then they spend the night. <laughs> so they go... And there's no heat in the Milk Bottle Motel. Hmm. Well, nobody's probably stayed in the Milk Bottle Motel in forever. Awfully cold in Iowa. Well, we, we figure that out here in a minute. Whatever time of year this is. Christmassy time. At the next time. scene, she tells you why no one's been staying there, but whatever. Well, so they go... So they... Get three little, they look like little cabins, but they're all adjoining rooms. And there's no heat, but we get a celebratory dance because we've seen a real angel. And Dorothy breaks up the party and is like, That is no angel. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because she's not an angel expert, but she's still so sure. What are you looking she at? She does not believe that he's an angel. Um, no, she doesn't. And she's, and they're like, She says, Obviously, he's after her money. And they're like, so he's some sort of gigolo. A gigolo with wings. <laughs> and then Dorothy says, she says that you don't have to have money for somebody to try to take it. I thought that was a good line. And they inquire. about them dancing. <laughs> I said they did a celebratory dance. It was a pretty I think that should be silly dance. Okay, fine. Please give us some dance chat. So they danced. And that's your in-depth. <laughs> All right. Time for dance dissertation. <laughs> Okay. So they're like, what kind of money does she have? And why don't we get any tit talk with Michael Caine? No shirt on. Yes. <laughs> why do we get any, Why wasn't there any tit talk for my, John Travolta? Mm. Those were angel boobs. 
Those were okay. divine <laughs> boobies, and there was no tip. I did not take any they notes. Seemed, they seemed very fabulous. I appreciate his... Uh, well, his amount of body hair, it seemed just right. What I like his nipple placement? Perfect. It okay. seemed perfect. Angelic. I gotta tell Angelic. you, his boobs seemed slightly bouncy, which is what you want. <laughs> My notes from that scene were, I'm a little surprised that we didn't get a peeing scene. Because he didn't <laughs> give a shit. <laughs> Alright, so now we covered that. Go ahead. Right. So back to, you don't have to have money for someone to want to take yeah. it. And then... Uh, so they seem what? So Quinn says this seems a little personal for you. Who took all your money? Mm-hmm. And she says, when they bring up Brett, they said, Did Bradley take your money? And she says, No, my second husband, Miles, stole my Camaro. And then Quinn was like, Ooh, husband number two. Made a big deal out of it that it was husband number two. And then. It's a big deal. And then <laughs> she has to have the final word. So she says, Angels don't smoke, and stops into her room and shuts the door. Which, I guess if you're an angel, you can smoke if you want. Maybe. I don't know. I guess he doesn't It's 96. Smoking was still cool. It's not what you think, though. She's right. When you think there's an angel on Earth, you don't think that dude. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Who walked through them in his boxer shorts with a cigarette, cracked a beer, and walked upstairs. We have all these impressions in our head. Which is really funny. Which is people who've never seen angels just writing it down. No, but most people who believe in angels believe that their deceased relatives become guardian angels. So if Grandpa was the kind of guy that walked around in his boxer shorts and smoked and drank beer for breakfast, then why wouldn't he be the kind of angle... The angle, angle, <laughs> angle. The kind or of angel think, that smoked and drank beer for breakfast. Or they think that they're just random people who showed up in their life for a brief moment and helped them, like the dude that changed my tire on the side of the road or something. Like they came across an angel yeah. today, but they don't think. But I guess I mean I guess there's when you're all right. Whatever. Talking about the Moving highest on. choir of angels. When you're okay. talking about this dude who has visible wings, you have some expectations. So then it's <laughs> the next morning, and we're at the breakfast table, and Michael is having Frosted Flakes with extra, 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 extra sugar. Do you know what has always bugged me about this scene? No. So we have Edith, and she's making eggs, right? Mm-hmm. Her name is Pansy. Yeah, that Edith. Over Edith easy. Is ma- yeah, and she says, "Over easy." How do you want your eggs poached? Great. She makes everybody scrambled eggs. Uh-huh. <laughs> Does she? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know everybody this. gets scrambled eggs, but she's yelling shit out. It's like, over easy! Like she's got a kitchen. Brings them to scrambled eggs. <laughs> I never noticed that the eggs were scrambled. Has always bothered me that I'm like, super easy <laughs> over easy is one of the best kinds. Dip your toast. <laughs> so, I don't know. Okay. Other than that, nothing. I was just saying that over easy takes less effort than scrambled. And- no, because well, you can't break them. That's the hard part. Everything becomes scrambled eggs when you mess it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe she got messing them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can turn an over easy egg into a scrambled. Well, egg. the best part <laughs> is she beats Sparky first, and she asks them, "How do you want your eggs?" And Quinn is like, "Well, Sparky's look good," <laughs> and then she says, "Over easy." So they're talking to Michael about him and his wings, and uh, they say, "I'd like to see how they are attached." And Michael's like, "Don't touch." Why don't you ask me how your pecker's attached? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Huey... Yeah, Huey says, I like to see how they're attached. And then he says, why don't you pull on your pecker and see how it's attached? Yeah. Like an angel that says pecker? (laughs) And Pansy's like, language! And then um, 
Dorothy seems very skeptical and she tells him that he's not what she thought and he says, Halo's inner light, I'm not that kind of angel. Mm-hmm. Does he at one point stick his whole spoon in the sugar dish? She does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's and then, it's um, a little much. <laughs> Pansy says that Michael is an archangel and that he smote a bank for her. The first Iowa Bank of Commerce. See, I knew I had written it down somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, She's, and then she says that they said it was a tornado, but we know. He went in there and he yelled at them, Money changers! Money changers! And there's a whole speech about it. I didn't write that down. <gasps> you didn't? I'm mm. shocked. <laughs> and I like how I write down John Travolta's like Michael is in. He's like, oh, did I say that? Did I do it? <laughs> I know. You did. But despite the fact that they are, ref- they decided to call it a tornado... They have not contacted them ever again. Because Andy yeah. McDowell there, the uh, Rosie, and um, what's her name? Dorothy. Dorothy's Dorothy. like, so there's money involved. Like, not anymore. They stopped asking for it. Yeah, she was kind of like, aha. I figured it out. figured it out. Yeah. See, because she has no faith in angels. And this is where we find out that the reason he smoked the bank is because with the new highway opened up, their the new motel. Yeah. They stole all her truckers. So no one's been staying at the Milk Bottle Motel, so they don't turn the heat and on. The bank came for the money, but there was none. So oh, then, yeah. Huey asks. She asks Huey how he wants his eggs, and he but says, "He's mesmerized." Yeah, he's. But there's a couple of scenes in here where he's just mesmerized by Michael, which I like. Mm-hmm. Huey has a child like a childlike a quality to him, a little na- naivete. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me happy. Or, okay. But she has to go, hey, hey, poached? What do you want? Yeah, what do you is. want? <laughs> fine, yeah. And then Dorothy's like, do you have something baking? Can I have with that? And she says, we're having eggs today. And I thought, yeah. why can't she have whatever you're baking? Because <laughs> I mean, she's not baking. I didn't know that. Yet. <laughs> I want to smell like This is my naivete. <laughs> <laughs> and so Pansy goes to make the poached eggs. And dies. Which she doesn't, <laughs> like, you have to, like, poach those eggs in water. Yeah, she yeah, doesn't. This is, it makes sense. She was going to scramble them. I, know. <laughs> I order eggs, Benedict, at a restaurant and don't make them for myself. <laughs> I know, which is really funny she because. She was going I to know, make scrambled. But she has a coughing fit, and you see the egg break in the frying pan with the shell, and then. Oh no! Cut to her funeral. She's dead. Yeah, cut yeah. to her funeral. Pansy died. Poor lady. She's done. I was sad. And uh, so they're at the. So Huey says, "She's." Ha- he asks Michael, "She's happier where she is now, you know, in heaven." And Michael says, "It's not my area." <laughs> like he's never been there. He doesn't know what heaven's about. And I'm Pansy, sure he's been to heaven. <laughs> I'm sure. It's, I'm sure it's more of look. I'm not here to. Tell you all the universe's answers. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just I'm not here to do what I do. He's Michael. He's the archangel. Yeah, he knows all of it. I'm he, sure he's, he's here to whoop like, ass. I'm not here to answer God's riddles for you. You know. Well, and then Dorothy is crying, and Quinn is like, "What are you doing? You're crying. You didn't even know this lady. Yeah. She died making us breakfast. <laughs> yeah, she died, <laughs> she died cooking, died breakfast. cooking his breakfast. I don't know She's if sad. Then, I don't know if I'm I'm probably more like her, where I would probably be crying too. She well, died making them in one second. In one breath, she's crying because this lady died cooking on breakfast. And in the next breath, she takes out a notebook and writes down a lyric and writes something in it. And he's like, what is that? And she's like, I write lyrics for country western songs. It's my hobby. 
So I'm broken up about this dead lady, but I'm like still gonna write this down. Don't share her hobby. You should write a song about pie. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. <laughs> In our next, I am no writer. <laughs> Finally, I knew a writer could write a song about pie. So Pansy's dead, and uh, <laughs> we moving the story along. Moving the story along. So Quinn checks in with Malt and is like, I got a real life angel here. It's going to be awesome. We're going to Chicago. And no, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to us. And Malt's like, all right, awesome. So then Quinn goes to Michael and Michael says, have you ever seen the biggest ball of twine? And Quinn is like, no, why would I care about that? Let's go get our plane tickets and go. And Michael says, we're going to drive. So I can see the biggest ball of twine. And uh, he's like, and Quinn's like, no, why do we have to drive? We're just going to fly. And Michael's like, we need some time. And Quinn's like, time for what? But Michael won't say. Mm-hmm. And he says. And he wants to see that ball of twine. Yeah, I don't know why, but. <laughs> he says, because he's on vacation, you know. Yeah, he says. They want to just jump in a plane and fly back and be over with. He's like, no, I'm trying to enjoy everything. Like, you know? well, I don't get to come to Earth very often, yeah. so I want to see the world. He wants to enjoy every fun. little piece of every little thing, not well, just sit in a plane. He said last time that he was here was in Mesopotamia, and <laughs> well, so it's been it's a changed. hot minute. And, and that's like, gone now. I'm going to go with you, but you will owe me something. And Quinn's like, what? And he says, an apology. And Quinn's like, now? And he's like, no. He's like, sure, sorry. When I tell you. When I tell you. When I tell you. Also, no pictures till we get to Chicago. And he's like, no pictures! And he's like, no pictures. And then he kind of looks at him and he goes, he's standing in front of the mirror and he goes, I like your coat better. Because they're both wearing trench coats. Mm-hmm. Michael's is black and Quinn's is brown. And he's like, I like your coat better. So Quinn just hands it over and he's like, whatever, as long as I get an angel. And they sure. switch coats. So all he cares about is the money he can make off of this angel. Yeah. So Quinn agrees to drive, and they go downstairs. And then Dorothy is sitting in her motel room just on the bed. And Michael goes up, and Dorothy, she does, she's not going to go. And she's like, they're terrible people, and they're going to take advantage of you, and I won't support it, and I'm not going. And Michael says that if you don't go, I'm going to tell them why you're really here. And she says, how do you know about that? And he says, because I pay attention. Which is a great line. Mm-hmm. The way he says it. Is, I really like the way he delivers that. And uh, also, you're going to have to sing a song when I tell you to. And she says, okay. I thought that that sort of reminded me a little bit uh, of like biblical when Jesus was going to die. And he's like, you're going to do this. And yeah. you're going to do this. <laughs> and then he went to Judas and said, It's not going to happen yet, you, but it's going to happen. You'll deny me three times. <laughs> Before the cock crows. So, and I like this because they all get in the rental car, but Michael got in the station wagon. So then yeah. they get in the car and they look around and they have to get out and go get in the station wagon. And I always wondered, what happened to that rental car? They just left yeah. it there. Yeah. <clears throat> they call the rental place and go, hey, this is where it's at. If you want Cost the, uh, the newspaper it. a little extra money once none of them work there anymore. <laughs> so now we're road tripping and Michael is having a great time. He's laughing and telling jokes. What's the opposite of white? Not black. Not nope. the greatest Yoke. jokes. <laughs> it's an egg joke. Uh, yeah, it's, Is that an egg joke? I, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I like a fun road trip, but I don't know if that's the kind of fun having a great that time. I'm having. because you've never played car bingo. <laughs> I and have never played car well, bingo. Well, like you say, they, have, they both have different things they're doing, you know. 
have different groups. I like a fun road trip, but I don't know about we have to stop here, we have to stop here, and I'm going to sit in the back, and we can't listen to music, and we can't... Well, no, but he finds some car bingo, the miles will fly (laughs) as you play car... Something, something as you play car bingo. Yeah, the children won't cry or something like that. Yeah, that's it. And so they start playing car bingo, and... Everybody kind of, it looks like they're having a good time. And then uh, Michael says, you got to learn to laugh. It's the way to true love. I laugh all the time. And then we, love, in case you guys didn't love. notice. I'm sure the listeners are well aware of that. Oh, <laughs> when I go back and listen to episodes, I'm like, stop. <laughs> so and then you just did it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, stop laughing. <laughs> you see, you're killing it. Oh, it's the one thing I do that annoys hey, myself. future Carly, it we does. tried. <laughs> well... I just tune out your laughing. It doesn't even occur to me that it's happening anymore. I can't hear it. It's like white noise. And so, that's why we're best friends. <laughs> I know. All right, so we're, we're, we're done with the car bingo. And we get to the world's largest ball of twine. And they apparently have some, like, road trip manual that tells you all kinds of facts about yeah, stuff. Mm-hmm. Because they start reading facts for the world's biggest ball of twine. And it was a big ball of twine. And I liked how Michael was posing with it yeah. and I thought for a second that he was going to pick it up. No, he did the yeah. Atlas pose. Yeah. Well, the funny thing about that is Michael is an angel and he does the Atlas pose. So he does the pose of another mythology. Another mythology, which I thought was kind of funny when you want to, you know, you can think about that. Mm-hmm. Put that in your noggin. That'll Ruminate. let you right there. Which one of those religions is right? Next mm. time you're on the toilet and don't know what to think about. Think about that. I bring Facebook with me. <laughs> That's why everybody's phone is covered in poop particles. Great. Fun fact. <laughs> fun fact. That's so fun. Now seems like a good time to remind the, f- the fans. <laughs> do not poop on your phone. <laughs> That's not what I thought you were going to remind our fans. <laughs> nope. Not yet. <laughs> oh, goodness. Not yet. So they're sitting, they're talking about the world's biggest ball of twine and all of a sudden Michael looks up and sees a bull. In the field and says, battle. <laughs> and, he, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and he wanders off towards his bull. And then all this. And, and he's he like, snorting at it. He gets like all the way to the fence. And then they're like, Michael, Michael. And they start chasing after him. And he's like, battle. And, um, and he takes his trench coat off. So he takes it. Yeah. He, well, you do. Like you do. Mm-hmm. Qu- Quinn has a great line here. He's like. Do you even know what that is? <laughs> which was really funny. Which makes me think he's starting to believe, like like he believes that Michael's a real angel. Like he might not or know that what he's mentally something <laughs> challenged. Well, like in the year of our Lord, you must not battle the the bull. But so Michael takes off his coat and kind of gets in a three point stance a little bit. Not quite because he doesn't touch the ground, and his wings kind of come out a little bit, and the bull snorts and. Does rape, scrapes his hoof on, on the ground, ground and Michael so does the same thing with his shoe. His shoe. <laughs> and then they run at each other and they knock heads and there's a loud crash and then we kind of see the bull is like making this moaning noise like I like how they cover back. the dog's eyes though. <laughs> <laughs> Can't watch! And Michael's lying on the ground and they think he's dead and Quinn comes up and, he, and they're like, are you okay? Are you okay? And Michael says, I am completely happy. Which is a great line. 
6,360 battles. No injuries. No injuries. And uh, so they sit him up. And this is where we find out that this is his last blast. That they have only have so many visits and that he's going to miss everything when he's gone. And that he's having so much fun. And then Quinn asks him, well, why do you come here in the first place? And he says that the sun was having an ar- the sun and the north wind were having an argument about who was stronger, who was smarter. And the north wind so- sees a man and says, I bet I can make that man take his coat off before you. And the sun says, I'll take that back. And the north wind blew and blew and blew, and no matter how hard he blew... He could, the man just hugged his coat tighter and tighter and tighter around himself. And then when it's the sun's turn, the sun just came out and shined his warmth upon and the man. And smiled. And smiled. And the man took his coat And the man took off his coat. <laughs> and Quinn is like, well, you know, I didn't write it down word for word. You could jump in any time. I feel like says, I'm doing a lot of talking. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Did you make a bet about me? And then Michael says, I had to come back here somehow. So he does make a bet with him. About him, but we don't know what it is. We mm-hmm. never find out. That's one of the problems I have with the movies. Like, wait a minute, there's a big plot hole there. Yeah. The what the bet was between Michael and somebody. Well, we don't know who it was, but we know what it was for, because later on he tells Sparky it's a very difficult case getting a man to or. Yeah, we got. I got that. We'll, we'll get to that. Heart. But who does it? God probably. I like to think it's somebody like cool, like I don't know, like, like somebody you wouldn't expect. I would you think just, you just want to meet the dude. Like I just want to meet the dude. <laughs> it has to be God because how else would he have gotten back? Mm-hmm. He gets thirty six times to come down. He could have used one of those. But I this want, was his I, last I bet, time. I bet I don't think it was Beelzebub. <laughs> this time it's been like fifteen minutes, and we flash to our next scene, and mm. we're at Joe's. Which is, seems to be some sort of neighborhood eatery slash bar. That doesn't have pie. That doesn't have pie. Yeah, that was upsetting. Quinn asked for pie, because apparently he really likes pie, and they don't have any. And he's eating a lemon. Have you ever just eaten a lemon? No. I don't know, but everybody figures out how to do it right. No. And I think I've Michael nailed it. Yeah. kids <laughs> grab a lemon and eat it and go, Whoa! But most but people like aren't just eating lemons. Eating a lemon, and Dorothy's like, that's not how you eat a lemon, and cuts it in half and puts salt on it. Which doesn't seem... Yes. That's not how I would eat lemon. My still. work partner, who's a lister, Melinda... Hi, Melinda. ...eats grapefruit with salt on it. I didn't know that was a thing. That's a thing. I've heard I, that. Uh, I eat grapefruit without salt on it. I don't what like I like to do with my all. lemons it's delicious. I know water, people who put, put sugar, sugar on their grapefruit. <laughs> yeah, I do that too. But uh, <laughs> she, she puts salt on the lemon, and it kind of reminded me of the salt on the grapefruit. I don't know. I don't all know. right, so... <laughs> that was, our, was that our first shot out this episode? No. Hey, DJ. Um, What's going on, Ben? <laughs> Big Ben. My work partner likes me enough to Keep work it up on the all Twitter. day, every day, and then listen <laughs> to our podcast. I wonder if she is also does not recognize when you're laughing. <laughs> I don't know. I also, have never talked to her about that. You know what I really... I wonder... Well, when she listens to this episode, it comes up. <laughs> tell her I want to know. Um, <laughs> so would you like to know what I wonder? Do you have pie? No, if Tony's ever going to get stuffing. <laughs> so, I told him earlier today, not for me. <laughs> but, nah, I, I think we should make... <laughs> the, waitress, the waitress is looking at Michael like he is a piece of pie she wants to eat. Mm-hmm. 
And then uh, is that like a sex thing? Because I don't get it. Yes. Oh, okay. We get some <laughs> some nice Other table talk discussion weird. in which Michael claims that he uh, wrote Psalm eighty five, and that at the time he didn't know. So that I didn't know they're going to write him number them and put him in order. <laughs> he also claims that he invented standing in line. You know, they're all trying to get in, and he's like, "Why don't you just make a line?" And they and Huey asks to get into what? You know, to get in heaven. Heaven, of course. They were just milling about. <laughs> and then Quinn says, what I really want to know. Or, and then Dorothy says to Quinn, why don't you ask him what you really want to know? Why don't angels solve big problems? And Quinn's like, that is what I wanted to know. There's a couple of times in this movie where she kind of finishes her his thoughts. Mm-hmm. And it uh, just shows how compatible they are. They're meant yeah. to be. They didn't even need a timer. And, uh, <laughs> they have an angel. Yeah. And Michael says that you can't change the nature of the world. And then small miracles. Quinn says, well, what can you do? And he says, small miracles, only so many. Mm-hmm. And then he says, some angels waste their miracles. But he doesn't say on what or why or how or any of that. Like that angel who fixed that flood problem? Yeah, he should have did, like, you know, like we Michael get, here. We get some more ladies walking past, and Michael's like, I'll be with you in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and Dorothy still seems skeptical, but who cares? Because Michael is going to go get his groove on. <laughs> and we get some great the first instance of a really great song Chain of Fools mm-hmm. Che 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 oh why don't, why don't you explain no. about the dance sequence I don't, I don't want to oh yeah um, <laughs> so, I know you do that I want to you My, love this scene well yeah well Michael comes out and he's got his two lady friends right and he starts getting his boogie on, and he's dancing really weird. He's got his hands up in the air, and, but they don't care. And then they, you know, start doing this thing like they had planned out, and it was choreographed. Right. Mm-hmm. choreographed dance and all of a sudden, he's dancing. You look at all the women on the side, and they're starting to get they're looking, you know, they're getting, they're getting the shake. They got some ants in the pants. Or something. He's I don't the Pied Piper of dancers. <laughs> and then he starts waving them all in, and before you know it, every woman in the bar is dancing with Michael. Yeah. And no, no, nay, nay, this does not go over well. Nope. The the guys are getting pissed off. You well, because like, like like a friend of mine once said, Jack, he said, never rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> he went a little crazy, though. He found him some chemicals. His this skin turned really white. truckers and bikers only. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see I have a, a license. Oh, that's from Dustin. You're the only cowboy what? in this bar. <laughs> you may, uh, never mind. Proceed anyway, with my... You may my... proceed, mon ami. <laughs> So, um, so what happens is so Michael we is, cut back to the, our, our friends here, and what happens? So Michael's off dancing it up with all the ladies in the bar, and Huey claims that he invented the hole in the coffee cup lid by tearing a little hole so that you can drink your in your plastic to go lid to drink a. And I'm like, sure. Battle. Sure. And then battle. So they're having this this battle. Sorry. They're having this conversation, and suddenly and all they of a sudden, hear somebody else battle, and they're like, "Oh no!" And they get up, and they go, and they rush over to, and they see Michael holding off some gentleman with a chair. It's great. There's some really good music for this. I'm sure it was written by Randy Newman, but that doesn't mean <laughs> it wasn't good. And um, some guy, so Mike, some guy comes up. 
and is like, you, and points at Quinn and takes a swing, and Quinn ducks, and he hits Huey, and Huey gets knocked the fuck out. He's down. Which, I don't know why that guy attacked Quinn, because he's just... He was just standing there, because like he came with Michael, so, you know, you gotta beat up friends. Yeah, it was weird. He I guess. Like, he's so an then, outsider. He's not from this town. And Quinn's like, well, fuck it, I'm in, and he goes into the mix and gets back-to-back with Michael, and Michael says, battle, and Quinn goes, you better believe it. <laughs> like, they're about to fight the entire bar. I'd be worried. And then I had uh, Archangel Michael. <laughs> they start to wreck shop, and then you get a scene. They start to wreck shop, or Michael starts to wreck shop? Michael. I mean, Quinn's not doing too bad for himself. Eh. But, for no, he's no Archangel. He's I mean, Michael is, like, he, throwing he's not people quite as good over as Harley the bar. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's no veteran of 6,636 <laughs> battles. Or whatever. 360. But, I mean, so, if he had a... Uh, a was it a, a quarter for every piece of shit who pointed a gun at me being a rich man? But. That's well, not good business. Then we get a quick shot of all the ladies, and one of them says caramels, and the other one says, no, it's cotton candy. And then Dorothy comes up and says, no. it's cookies, and it gets stronger when he's in heat. So they're discussing what Michael smells like. They each have when he's smell. in heat... Like he's going to breed, or like he just got warm. When he gets horny, he puts off. When, he, <laughs> <laughs> when he's in heat, like, like you know, when you want to breed. When it's business time. Which is one of the reasons Dorothy's skeptical, because angels don't have sex. And she would be wrong. <laughs> Tony. Depends on the lore. Some are, you know. Well, obviously. Well, eunuchs and some aren't. If it's the angels from Dogma, they are ill-equipped. In the Bible, they had sex with humans, and we had Nephilim. That's why I was going to ask is. All these women that he sleep with give birth to baby monsters. Because yeah, that'd be a cool movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I'd sometimes... That. That's why I called on you. <laughs> sometimes you say, man, I wish I'd watch this movie that Elaine was watching. Yeah. Some t- I wish I was watching movie Tony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tony, a cool the movie, movie Tony wants Michael to come too. after this. Bring it down a little bit, though. <laughs> All right. Smelling like cookies to fight demon monsters. <laughs> so that was the last movie. <laughs> Michael too. Yeah. No pool or anything. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So then our next scene, we're in jail, mm-hmm. and uh, it's messed up because the sheriff is like, "You'll get to see the magistrate in the morning," and Dorothy's like, "But I didn't do anything." Which Wait, also, where's everyone else? Like, what, they only arrested his party? Nobody yeah. else in the bar got arrested. Also, they put a whole bunch of... Small town justice. a guy and, I mean, you know, two guys and with a girl and then a dude with wings. And then had the a dog cell. sitting out. For and left the dog <laughs> just sitting there. And they didn't seem to notice his wings when they were putting him in jail. There was no pat down, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like, that would stand up like, look, these things attached? Yeah. <laughs> look, God will protect him. I'm sure that <laughs> ah, when he doesn't want his rail to be noticed. When he walks in, the tracking's off a little bit. Yeah. Oh, man. So, but they don't even get a phone call. Nothing. The dude just shuts the lights off. I was like, fuck Well, you Michael guys. made his call, you know. Yeah. To him. When they're in the jail cell. We when get- they were in the jail, I thought maybe Michael's going to get him out. <laughs> He's not getting out. Yeah, just another experience. Well, yeah, but first they gotta enjoy. You know, hold up. He, this is important stuff here coming. I want to yeah, go. Well, we get the third. We get a mention of Ralph, who went to jail, who another is husband, husband number three. And now there's some real statement and here. Quinn <laughs> says some pretty terrible stuff to Dorothy. Like he's pretty mean to her. I didn't think she, it was that bad. And he she says, says that she hates him. He, he says she should try to get, because uh, what's-his-name says, let's see if Sparky can get us out. Yeah. And he's like, let her try, because she's really good with dogs. 
because they do everything she says. They stay and they sit and they go and whatever. And she can work with dogs because they're not men. And they do what they're told. She At first she looks a little nervous because Quinn says, I have noticed that Dorothy is very good with dogs. But then he goes on to just be very insulting and she gets really upset. She's good with dogs, but not people. So then Michael tells to Quinn, apologize. And he's like, what? And Michael's like, apologize. And Quinn's like, sorry. Like, the worst insincere thing. Like when you tell a kid to apologize. Yeah, like when two kids are fighting, you say apologize, and they're like, sorry, butthead. Mm-hmm. Like when Elaine goes to see her, her brother and sister. We got a lot of that. <laughs> Can we not talk crap about people who might listen to our podcast? Well, not I'll, my brother, because I'm sure you. he doesn't <laughs> listen, but my sister does. Let's not talk crap. Oh, hey, Audrey, what's up? <laughs> I was talking about Elaine. Um, she says sorry, not you. Oh, my sisters and I don't even bother to say it. <laughs> we just try to pretend like that incident okay. never happened. So, <laughs> Michael gives him this look like, no, really fucking apologize, asshat. So then he, he gives a genuine apology. I he meant asshat. <laughs> he gives a genuine apology, and we get a little bit of a moment here where Dorothy and Quinn, and he seems to feel real bad, and then he puts an extra blanket mm-hmm. on her. He gives him, her, his blanket. He... Yeah. I, I wrote, like, I kind of felt like he was just this guy, and this kind of humanizes him toward her. Like, he now sees her differently. He had to apologize to her, and now there's, like, this warmth that he feels toward her that he didn't feel before. They, they, had, they had a moment. There's something that changes in this jail cell. shared moment. Well, they have a moment, and, yeah. and he gives her his blanket, We've already covered that. And then Michael comes up and puts... Michael puts a scarf around him. Like, good job. You did a good job here. You have the scarf. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Then what does Michael do? Michael goes to sleep. Did you say sleep? I said sleep. Did you say sleep? Yes. This seems like a good time to talk about sleep. And if oh, she's God. asleep... <laughs> oh, God. That means no. And nobody should be getting blackout drunk. And sleep means no. If he's asleep, it means no, too, lady. That's right. All right. So now that we've covered that... So okay. this is where I saw that he sleeps standing up. And then after we... I'm like, again, sleeping standing up. That's where I wrote my notes. But then we see Huey sleeping on one bench, and then we see Quinn sitting up on the other, and Dorothy laying next to him, and he moves some hair off her face very tenderly. A second shared... A second moment. They didn't share it. She was asleep. But he saw. shared that with Michael, because Michael saw... Mm-hmm. And Michael is like, oh yeah, it's working. Like, I guess. It's about to be business time. Business time? No. Well, he took out the recycling and everything. That's not part of it, but it's important. That's right. <laughs> so then we get the next morning. So we're... They said that he had to go in front of the magistrate, but they're like... That's the judge. In court. In court. Well, I didn't think you... Before the judge. I didn't think you were... There's a lot of people it's like in this open court. court. But if it's a small town, they might I guess have it's really just, funny. They might have... It's clearly a small town. It's like, yeah, talk to Jeannie. (laughs) The Honorable Esther Newberg presiding. And who is our Esther Newberg? She was from Mr. Mom. What's her name? Uh, You're terrible. I'm sorry. Terry Garr. I'm just as terrible. Young Frankenstein. However, when they said her name was Esther Newberg, Newberg, all I could think about was Newberg from um, Royal Pains. Okay. That's just popped in my head. It was really funny. So she starts off 
talking to the guys in the bar and seems like this is going to be small town justice and that she's going to mm-hmm. take the side of all them and they were about to get screwed over. And then she's like, somebody tell me what happened. And then Quinn starts to talk and she's like, not you. And then Dorothy says, starts to talk and she's like, nope. And Huey's like, well, Your Honor. And she's like, sit down. If I may. <laughs> Put and your then, hand down. <laughs> and then Michael, she's like, you. In Chambers? And they go into Chambers, and then all of a sudden, they're driving so, down the so road. What you mean you're telling me is that an, a, a judge went and had sex with some random dude to let him out of jail. I didn't actually... Did. Did, I did not jump to that conclusion. That's the conclusion I got, because if you're going into Chambers... I don't really know much about Chambers. Chambers <laughs> is the judge's office. As a sex place, but I thought Well, that I'm pretty sure there's just, some business that can happen in there. I thought he just talked I to I her. he entered the premises. <laughs> and, and then, then he entered the premises. the premises. I thought he just talked to her right and, and she was cool and they got off. Yeah, they Somebody did. got off. Ah. <laughs> Poor All choice right, of ahead. words. All right, so they're love, on the road again. Love, love, love. dun dun Go ahead. Uh, so you're supposed to do your thing. Love is all you need. All you need is love, and they have a nice sing along. That's what Peter and Paul said. And he says, the "Apostles? No. Oh, the Beatles. Beatles. Why well, he's love?" And then they have a sing along, and he tells everybody to sing, and the door, and he's like, "But not you, just the fellas." But she starts singing. <laughs> she anyway. does chime she starts in. singing anyway. Yeah. Everybody starts singing. They're having a good time. I do like that song. Love it's in love, love, actually. <laughs> I know. It's a great song. It's not their best song. It's in lots of different songs. Or it's not their best. Song. <laughs> in lots of different movies. It's a good song. It's not their best. I don't know. I might need to quit drinking. Um, I picked a hell of a day so to stop sniffing s- glue. <laughs> Anybody? Anybody? S- nope. Tony knows. Airplane. Thank you. So Never seen a grown man naked. <laughs> you like gladiator movies. <laughs> so, so now we stop somewhere else. No, we're in Illinois. We see the sign for Illinois. Illinois. And Michael says, we're only two miles away from the world's long, largest <laughs> non-stick frying pan. <laughs> like, I would want to go see that, <laughs> like, too. Like, I'll check what? it out. <laughs> is like, no, we're not stopping. We're, we're too close. And Michael's like, we need to stop. And Quinn's like, no. And he's like, you got ten seconds. And, um, <laughs> well, first they... First, Huey is like... No, because Quinn says, every time you stop, we get into trouble. And then Huey's like, but he always gets us out of trouble. And they're like, what? They're like, Huey. And he's like, no, he does. What'd you do to that judge? Anyways, what is with you and ladies? So then they have a little talk about it. And they ask Dorothy what it is. And she's like, honestly, I'm not attracted to you. No offense. And he's like, I put a block on you. Put a block on you. Which is really fun. I do that sometimes, too. (laughs) But then he's like, you got ten seconds. And Quinn's like, no. And he goes, ten hippopotamus. Nine hippopotamus. And when I count seconds... Flat tire. <laughs> when I count seconds, I always count hippopotamus, and I, I think don't, it's got to be heard because. It before. No, I no. think it's got to be because of this movie. I I've just seen it so many times. I say one thousand. I say one thousand. I say hippopotamus, and I, I think it's because I saw this movie and thought and like that so much that it's just become part of me. Interesting. Uh, I always go hippopotamus. Three, two, one. Flat tire. When I hear Boom. hippopotamus, I was one one for Christmas. So they check the trunk, <laughs> and there's no tire, and. Quinn is like, fix this. And Michael is walking nope, on down the road. No, can do. Nope. And 300 feet away is the 100 largest. feet. Was it? Yes. 100 feet away, the largest nonstick frying pan. Yep. And uh, so they're just sitting there on the side of the road. And they're, you know, having a little chat. And uh, 
Dorothy's got out her book of lyrics and writing stuff down. And she talks about how Bradley was handy with the jack. His tires were bald. And we get to hear little snippets of the songs that she's writing. And Huey asks her to write a song about his wife. And My wife's got and lips like, like a blowfish. The only detail he gives is that she had fat injected into her lips and she looks like a blowfish. But in a good but way. But in a good way. But he should have given her more than that. I don't know. It's all he's got, okay? But so but he's wild about her. It has to be more than just a blowfish lips. And Quinn says this is more... Quinn's like, this is one godforsaken road. I bet nobody ever comes down it. And then, small miracle, all of a sudden, we get Teddy's auto repair. With all and, the balloons. Yeah, a man and his wife, I assume Teddy, and his wife stop right after they got hitched because they're in their wedding attire and it says Teddy's auto repair and they're like, oh, you guys look like you need a jack. And they help him out. Mm-hmm. And then we flash to the world's largest frying pan. <laughs> and they're like following Teddy's or Teddy's is following them and I was like why wouldn't they just leave <laughs> but they spend the rest of the night with those people <laughs> well, well they did help them out they helped them out and they, on their wedding day so if you were on your if you and your husband stopped to help somebody and you were still in your wedding dress wouldn't you think that these people would offer to treat them to dinner at least yeah but then I would say hey we have somewhere to be so we, you guys have fun. We're out. <laughs> Maybe I thought do. these people were just going to leave. Like, we helped you, yeah. and that's great. You thank us. Awesome. But Maybe we just got, got married. married. We have plans. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. Maybe I'm they sure. got married at the courthouse. Or maybe they already had, maybe they had, like, a breakfast. Maybe they got married, and for the honeymoon, they went to see the largest nonstick pan. Maybe they just like to wear those clothes and drive around them. <laughs> but, so... You pull up to the world's largest fry, not sick frying pan, and we hear about Beelzebub. Michael has told the story about the time that he slew Beelzebub to these two old men, and one of the old men goes, "Who's Beelzebub?" Whoa, man, who's Beelzebub? I like that line a lot. Beelzebub is Satan. Oh, he's like, oh, which he's not, but that's fine. Good. I guess it depends on what interpretation of the word you. Are using? Yeah. Tony's put a lot of um, research into the good book. Tony went to Catholic school. <laughs> well, I went to Catholic years. school. No, I didn't. So then they go to dinner, and they have taken Teddy and his wife, whose name I didn't write down. We'll call her who's Esther. Played by uh, Gina. Cod Actually, Tony had Carla seen her Cogino. before. And I said, I don't know who she is, but I'm going to look it up. And she was just billed as the wife. I don't think she had a name. Okay. The bride, yeah. Well. Who is the bride? The she's bride or the wife. The bride of Kilville? Who, another podcast I listened to, one of the hosts thinks she's like really beautiful. And he talks about her all the time. And I didn't know who he was I talking about. <laughs> Until I looked at this IMDb and I was like, oh, that's her? Like, mm -hmm. I never even occurred. I, like, I had no idea who he's been talking about for like years. Okay, so. Our waitress comes up. Who's our waitress? Amy. No, it that's not Joey her name. Lauren is, Adams. Her name is Anita, actually. Her name is Joey Lauren Adams. I know she's the chick from Chasing Amy. Yeah. And Quinn and says, James Do you have pie? And she's like, Do we have pie? We are the pie capital of the world. And uh, she says that she's got it memorized and she lists all these different kinds of pies, which I don't have memorized. They but they decide to cut her off before she's done and order two of slices everything. of everything. Everything. 
And then the pie comes, and they're having a great time. They're all trying pies and With ice eating. cream. Yeah, having a great know. time. And then Michael says, Dorothy has a song about pie. And they're like, you do? And she says, yes. Sing. And he says, sing your song about pie. Are you going to sing the song about pie? Pie, pie, <laughs> me oh my. Nothing tastes sweet, wet, salty, and dry. All at once, oh well, it's pie. Apple, pumpkin, minced and wet bottom. Come to your place every day if you've got them. Pie, me oh my. I love pie. And if you love Elaine singing, make sure you get us on Twitter. Hashtag Elaine singing. <laughs> Elaine's first clap. Oh. This episode. Not my first clap ever. Oh, I don't think I've got a clap yet. I'm just saying. Well, you're usually the initiator <laughs> of the clap. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so next time, I'm getting a lot of claps. <laughs> so, <laughs> Quinn says... Oh, those Quinn, are slaps. Sorry. <laughs> Quinn wants her to sing another song. So she gets up with the band. And uh, proceeds to sing a song about uh, some husbands. Miles, Ralph, and Bradley. And uh, this song is on the soundtrack. Oh, really? That's cool. Oh, that's Wait, great. Do you have the sound? No. Oh. But I got it I on VH, I mean VHS on tape. When I, when I was looking at Andy McDowell's I'm to Be, I look at the very bottom it says soundtracks. She's listed on two soundtracks as the singer. So this song is on the soundtrack. So okay. I Love Pie, apparently. There's two songs listed. No, this so this is the this song that's listed, oh, not okay. I Love Pie, which is a shame because it's a great song. I'm sitting here on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. So her song was so touchy that it hit Quinn right in the feels. Mm -hmm. And all the feels. Too, huh? Like she's singing about all this love, and he's looking <laughs> at her, and he's falling in love. And so they leave the restaurant, and they're walking to the rooms. And they're going to separate, but oh no, nay nay. They start Don't steal my lines. <laughs> they start Just making out set, and it's they go time. up to Dorothy's room because it's business time. He's got the premises. And then he entered the premises. <laughs> and then uh, we get a, our second really great song, Feels Like Home by Bonnie Raitt, which... Mm -hmm. I love Bonnie Raitt. I don't. Oh, <laughs> listening to this song Take made me go listen to some more Bonnie Raitt because she's fantastic and... She really is. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know... This song is um, really good. Okay. Then, uh... Then, so after they go get so it So after the coitus? Well, <laughs> we get a shot of Huey going into his room and snuggling with Sparky. He's sad. He's all alone. He's sad, but yet he's happy because he's got his dog friend. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't have his woman. He's like, hey, hey, come here. We're snuggling. He misses his wife, so he snuggles with his dog friend. And then we see Michael and the waitress, Anita. And... They're wings far out. Apparently, they share a wall with Huey because we see Huey and we hear her say, Wings far out. And they dance a little bit. Yeah. And then... Uh, and then the coitus happens. What a wonderful world with Willie Nelson plays. Nine months of demons born. <laughs> that was the Kevin Smith goes after. So the morning... So the new day dawns. And what a wonderful world by Willie Nelson. Sung by Willie Nelson, not by Willie Nelson. is playing... And we see Everybody knows. It's okay. We see Anita leave, and Michael goes outside, and so does Sparky. She looks happy as shit this morning. She had a good night. And I bet they had pie. <laughs> well, he did. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Quinn, and then we see Quinn and Dorothy, and she's trying to tell Quinn something, but she doesn't quite get it out. And uh, Quinn tells her the story of how he was fired from the Tribune, because she'd never heard it. Mm -hmm. He tells a couple of, like, Scooby-Doo endings. 
alternate theories, and then at the end he just says, I was drunk, it was late. And, uh, I punched out my, my boss. She still seemed, like Dorothy, he could see that Dorothy is upset, and he's like, I think I could, you know, he's like, "What are you hiding something from me? And he says, I think I could forgive you anything. And then she's still being a little weird, and he says, this is not a mistake. Don't say that you think it was a mistake. I couldn't bear it. And it's just, like beautiful and loving, and she doesn't tell him because she just she loves him, and she's. Yeah, they fell in love pretty quick. Yeah, it was a little quick, but I don't know. We well, got to think they had a road trip to Iowa. They were there long enough for a funeral, and then they traveled cross country from Iowa to Illinois. It's got to be at least a week. Okay. Uh, but a week, you're I loving you. When it's your soulmate, when your timer goes off. <laughs> Moving on. Michael made their timers go off. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and then we see Michael, and he's talking to Sparky, and he says it's a difficult case to give a man back his heart. So the bet was that he could give a man back his heart. Uh -huh. And I assume he made it with God. What, what was the bet? Was it? Did they bet him like a shiny nickel? Maybe an extra eagle? trip back to Earth. Maybe. But. An extra, what they <laughs> call it, a blast? I don't think he had any trips left to Earth. Yeah, because he said, said this is the last one. But maybe if he wins the bet, he gets another one. Maybe that was maybe. the bet. I think it was a, uh, a silver dollar. Michael is very sad because this is his last trip. And he starts giving wisdom to Sparky. The key of it being, don't ever let him tell you. You know, you can never have enough sugar no matter what they say. Which we've seen, he loves him some sugar. And he's just very sad, and he's going to miss everything. And then we see Quinn and um, Dorothy come out of the room, and Huey comes out, and they say good morning, and Dorothy yells, good morning, Sparky, and Sparky runs across the road, and oh no, oh no, semi-truck, Sparky 2 goes the way of Sparky 1, squish Sparky. And I was like, did Elaine really just make me watch a dog die? <laughs> yes, I did make you watch a dog die. Is that a doggy snuff film? His, his, de his death was foreshadowed in the beginning, though. I was very upset. Terrible. Yeah, well, so are they. Sad. Like, he's going to come right back. So are they. And Dorothy's like, it's all my fault. And Quinn kind of looks at Michael, and he 100% believes that Michael is an angel because he says, fix him. And Michael's like, it's not my area. And Quinn's like, what exactly is your area? You fix him and you do it now. Fix and I was like, oh, he, he believes he's an angel. Because if he didn't believe he could do it, he wouldn't demand it of him. said, so you fix him or get out of here. Dorothy. Or kick rocks. Dorothy's like, it's all my fault. And she comes clean about how she was a dog trainer. And she was supposed to train yeah. him and stuff like that. But I thought maybe Michael was going to pick up Sparky and leave because he said, fix him or go. <laughs> All right. And then he picked him up and walked away, yeah. and I was like, okay. He picked him up. That's your opinion of the movie, right there, like, uh. Because he, he doesn't agree. He just picks him he up. He just picks him up and walks away. And he goes and he stands in the field. And I like the way that this is shot. Because, like, they keep showing his feet where the rays of sunlight are, and you can see, like, all the dust motes in the rays of sunshine and mm -hmm. even though his wings are fake it's all get out he doesn't have real wings you I, can, I do believe the brothers in Scientology game. actually I think they did a great job <laughs> on the wings but you can I mean even though the wings are fake but you get that sense of mm -hmm. it's a moment and that mysticalness from the little dust motes and the yeah that was pretty neat and there's lots of 
flashes of his feet, his face, the dog, his feet, his face, the wings, the dog, and the music swells, and all of a sudden, you go from dead dog puppet to live dog, and Sparky is brought back to life. Spoiler alert. I think that dead dog puppet was the same one they used in This Means War, when Chris Pine opened up the thing. <laughs> yeah. and it does look down, similar. Jumped down and attacked him. <laughs> all right. And then, um, so they're happy Sparky dies, but, or lives. Happy Sparky lives. <laughs> didn't die. Happy Sparky didn't die. Why are you Sorry. looking up? Are you talking to Sparky up there? Uh, I'm talking to Michael. Sorry. But. Slip of the tongue. But Michael says that he's running out of time. And you can I, see on the ground that he's lost all these feathers. Yeah, and I took it as, and maybe this is me again with head, head cannon like we do, but to me it looks like that miracle, miracle took a lot out of him. Mm -hmm. And that, that's... Well, you know, he said shortened his time. He said small miracles and only so many, and this seems like a really big mi yeah. miracle. So he's just got nothing left. A lot of feathers dropped. Mm -hmm. So then we get the race to the city. So he's looking terrible in the back of the car, and like Sparky even goes in the back with him. And it's all sad, and he just looks sickly, and the feathers are all falling off. We get some good road shots of them and getting close to Chicago and then in the city and they're just kind of, you know, racing around in a station wagon mm -hmm. as fast as they can. And then Quinn says, Michael, we're here. And they pull him out of the car and they're walking and you can see all these feathers falling and it's really terrible. The music here is good because it makes you really sad and upset. And then they look and then they say, Michael, look up. And Huey has the book open and says, this is the world's tallest building, the Sears Tower. And it's not anymore. No, but what it was, <laughs> it was. the time. And he gives them all the facts of the Sears Tower, and they lay Michael down. And he says, he apologizes to Quinn for not finishing, that he didn't finish what he was sent for. And he thanks him for everything, and thanks him for having fun. And this was a really nice, wonderful moment. And then Quinn says, goodbye, my battling friend. And Dorothy says, goodbye, world's biggest angel. And then Quinn says, Godspeed. And his, he lays there and his wings kind of fold in. And then the camera pans out and he just disappears. Mm-hmm. Into a, and then there's like just wing, or think he went to heaven? floating around. I think I'd be scooping those feathers up. Saving them. <laughs> but it might be worth some money. Souvenir so. feather? eBay. Yeah, I don't think that was a thing yet, though. Well... I'd still save angel feathers. Well, honestly, <laughs> I thought... When they oh, yeah, it was just made of angel, angel feathers. feathers. <laughs> it's really comfy. When they said that he didn't have much time left, I didn't expect him really to get sick. I well, thought he was die. just going to go. He well, didn't I get thought, sick. I thought that he, they were going to wake up in the morning and he was gone, well, or they were going to well, see him sort well, of descend. Took it, I took it as he had a certain amount of time. Or ascend. And then the saving the dog took all of his strength and I, shortened his time. That's what yeah, I took. Yeah, but I didn't but expect him me. to get like sicker and sicker like he well, was going to die. I took it I to thought him. he was just going to be like, okay, I got to go now. And boom, he was gone. <laughs> he went home to Jesus. I thought he had a certain amount of power. So it's not like he was sick like I'm, you know, I got the bronchitis. <coughs> I got the bronchitis. Or the cancer or something. <laughs> Somebody's barbecue. Got the black lung pop. I woke up to get a cold pop. Um, <laughs> Merman. Merman. He, but he had a certain amount of power, <laughs> and he used all the power that was, you know, the divine power that was imbued 
in him, and that's how he was alive on Earth, and he used that power to bring Sparky back to life, and then he didn't have any strength or power anymore, so he was fading away. It's not like he was sick, like I got the flu, but he was like, <laughs> had no strength. Which is great weakness. I just thought he would just go. Maybe he would have. You thought he, you he would see him descend to heaven in a stream of light? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, they didn't have the budget. Alright, guys. <laughs> I'm done here. Sorry. Oh, that miracle did it for Dust me. Dusty Light oh. Magic was making Jurassic Park. They didn't have time for it. <laughs> Carly, Carly thought they were going to cut in with Hallelujah! Hallelujah! <laughs> Chariot was gonna come down. Okay. <laughs> Nicholas Cage is gonna pop out of nowhere and start right. dancing. <laughs> so then we flash to the national mirror, and um, Malt's like, "Where's my angel?" And Quinn's like, "Oh, it was a hoax." And Malt's really pissed off. And he's like, then I get the dog. He's like, "I get the dog." And Dorothy's like, "That the, dog is no, untrainable." It's not dog. It's dog. I get the dog. <laughs> the, because she's come clean to him now, and they're not okay. But well, they know now that she's a dog trainer and she was hired to train the dog. That she needed the job. So the editor dude can take him oh, and fire them. And Sparky kind of attacks Malt. Like, oh, Sparky leg does not like him. him. He's yeah. like, fuck you, dude. Fix the dog. But, so Malt's like, you mean I'm stuck with Huey? It doesn't say Huey, but with him. And they're like, yes. And Quinn is like, but not with me. And just kind of walks out. Quits. And... He quits, and Malt's like, what the hell? Come back. And uh, he's like, who am I going to fight with? What do you mean you're leaving? You're the only one that ever challenges me. And Quinn says, it isn't my area. And gets in the elevator. Which was a nice line. Yeah, but was pretty good. But the, the worst part about it was, Bob's not going to get that. No. no. But we did. Yeah. And as people who like a callback or a fun fact. <laughs> um, so Dorothy, And Dorothy chases after Quinn. And she's like, wait, wait. And she chases him out onto the you street. You said you could forgive me anything. <laughs> I lied. And he no. Said, no, he says, I do forgive you. We had fun. It was great. I'm out. And she says, oh, it's you. I remember you. I thought you were gone, which I thought was a great line. Yeah, not his was better. <laughs> and uh, he just leaves, and she's upset because he wants to pretend that nothing ever happened. And then we get the sad montage mm-hmm. where both Quinn and Dorothy keep seeing angel things everywhere. So we have Brumadoro yeah. with angel hair pasta. And, and we have the Provolone with angel hair pasta. It's funny because <laughs> Quinn is kid. like annoyed by and upset by all the angel things. But Dorothy, when she, the angel reminders, like she's longing for the angel where Quinn is just trying to ignore it. Mm-hmm. And it's getting shoved in his face. Quinn wants to pretend like it never happened. But yeah. she doesn't. And the bus stop has a big Michelangelo sign and half the people stand in the way, so it says Michael. And then mm-hmm. the other half says Angel. And then he gets on the train and the train pulls out and she walks up. The same. The same. Sign. But she yeah. puts her fingers where the fingers meet on the sign. To touch God. It's then it grabs a hold of her and sucks her into oh, the sign. Oh, shit. No, no, no. That oh, no, no, that's, that's, you, that's the movie in your oh, head. Sorry. That's your She's movie. longing for it and he's hoping it never happens. You know, I've seen that thing in the Sistine Chapel where they do the finger thing. It's really so, small. We see it's not as big as you think. You have to look for it. Be like, oh, is that it? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty small. And it smells weird in there. It's because there's a lot yeah. of people in there. Oh yeah, it could be that. You can't take pictures or talk or nothing. It's weird. You got like, it's a small, it's a very small room, and there's so many people, as many people as they possibly get shoved in that room. Wow. So it's there's a smell. <laughs> it smells weird. <laughs> so then we get Quinn and Huey. They're sitting in a bar, and Huey asks if he's, uh, you know, if he's, he's tried anybody. to talk, told anybody, and. 
he says tells Quinn that he tried to tell his wife, but it just he just couldn't nothing would come out and he tried a couple times and he just can't talk about it. And Quinn says that he wants to pretend it didn't happen. And Huey's like, Why? And he says, If I believe it and as Quinn tells the story we get like a video we get like what he's imagining (laughs) would happen if I believe it then someday I'll be walking down the street and some unknown force will make me turn left instead of right and in that moment a car will come around the corner with the woman of my dreams in it and blow a flat right there next to me where I'm standing and uh he's like that'll never happen and you see a little video version of that. And you see a little version. Yeah. In his mind, I guess. The funny well, thing I don't understand mind, why that yeah. would really be a bad thing. Like, he's like, I can't believe that because of this. And they're like... Well, he's saying that he doesn't want to <laughs> believe in preordained... Yeah, pre-ordained destiny. Words are hard. But the funny thing they is, are. the whole time that he's denying Michael, he's eating sugar cubes. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. he's building this little thing of sugar cubes, but he's eating the sugar cubes. And then he takes a handful and sticks them in his pocket. Yeah, so it's like, you can never have enough sugar, no matter what they tell you. So, at the, he's pretending that he doesn't believe and that he doesn't want it but to be true. Does. But he but really Michael does. made an impact on him. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a big bird man will do that. So he leaves the bar. Because if he's not an angel, that's your alternative. Yeah. And we see, mm-hmm. we see again the same scene of him <clears throat> going down the stairs from the subway station, and a car come around the corner, and it gets a flat tire, and he's and like, it stops, "Oh shit!" And he looks, mm-hmm. and it's two guys that get out, and he's like, and "He's oh. like, all right, I'm switching teams." <laughs> well, no, he's like, "Oh, not there's any wrong goodness. with that." Nope. It was just just a coincidence, and he asked them if they need help, and they say no, and then he starts to walk away, and. I assume he hears these bells because there's like jingly bells or whatever. Yeah. Jingle bells. Because he kind of perks up and then he sees Michael in the distance. Just walking down the street. And he starts to follow him. And at first he's just kind of walking after him. Like maybe (laughs) do I see what I think I see? Could just be a dude. And eventually he starts running. And he's like chasing him and he goes around and he can't see him and he can't see him. And then he sees a shadow in an alley. And he's running and running and he gets all excited and he shouts, Michael! Michael! And he turns a corner and he runs into a person. And who's that person? Dorothy. Dorothy. And he's like, what are you doing it's like here? like we're there. <laughs> he's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, I live here. Well, two blocks over there. And he's like, I saw Michael. And she's like, I saw Michael. He came around that corner. And she's like, no, this corner. And, and they kind of stare at each other. And then we have this great exchange. So, Quinn says, I love you, Dorothy. And she says, I love you. And he says, marry me. And she says, nope. And he says, marry me, please. Nope. Marry (laughs) me, Dorothy. Nope. And then he says, oh, my darling Dorothy, will you marry me? Yes. And so then... I'm going to (laughs) cry. Got the vipers. So they kiss and they make up and then he says, let's go home. And then but to who's home? We don't know. All right. Yeah. I, I don't Probably know. Whoever's closest, closest, I guess. Hers is closest. It's only two blocks away, it's right over there. time. <laughs> and then... And neither of them have jobs right now, so it doesn't really true. matter. They don't have to get up and go to work tomorrow. Then yeah. we see Michael and Pansy. And the frame freezes, and they dance around. Uh-huh. And <laughs> she's like stopping making. <laughs> well, I'm seeing if you guys have anything else to say about the end of this movie. Nope, I'm and then they dance around because that's the end of the movie. <laughs> and he, Michael tells Pansy that he invented 
marriage, and Pansy says, let's go home. And then the frame unfreezes, and he asks her if she smells. He's like, what is that smell? And she's... And she Quinn says, says, what does that smell? And Dorothy says, there's a bakery around the corner. And that is the end. And then we get some more um, music by Randy Newman. Wow, that was really hard for at the end there, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and that is 1996 Michael. And that's, and that's Michael. All right, Tony, what did you think? Ooh, start with Tony. Nobody ever starts with Tony. No, they um, don't. Okay. okay. Favorite character? Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Least favorite character? Dorothy. Terrible actress. <laughs> Favorite scene when he brought the puppy dog puppy dog back. Aww. Um, favorite line I I don't know it was from the trailer I remember it I always liked the 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 line where he t- where he explains that he invented the line yeah I thought that was I always mm-hmm. thought that was kind of funny. All right, recommend uh, this movie to me has a has a small amount of quaint quaint charm, um, but. I don't know. I don't. I'm gonna say no, because I don't. I don't think it has enough to make you need to see it. If you're into angels or you really like John Travolta, then okay. But it takes a long time for this movie to get going for me, and then once it gets going, it's like okay, well, what are we doing? And it's, I've seen I've seen this kind of movie before where the weird stranger comes down and everybody has to wonder what he is and stuff. But I don't know. This isn't like. Boring like Jack Black though, or Joe Meet Joe Black. Meet Joe Black. No, that movie's that's the long. That's movie. a good flick. You make. Well, you know what? All, or K Pax. That is not an action movie. You cannot make that an action. Oh really? Movie. It's an adventure. <laughs> For the devil. For the devil. So another movie oh, probably never seen. So either way, personally, I like this movie. It's okay. Recommend. I don't. I don't feel that you need to see it. So you say no, or I you say no for okay. record. Interesting. Wow. What about you, John? Well, my favorite character is also Michael. Kind of has to be. Kind of has to be. I mean, my least favorite character will have to be. I, I'm gonna have to go with Dorothy as well. Mm-hmm. And it's not because she's a bad actress; it's because she's a, not a good person. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's hired to steal their their jobs, yeah. and she's aware of that, and yeah. still goes on this adventure and keeps it a secret. Lying to them that she's this angel expert and then has the balls to get pissed off when they, you know, kind of a little mean to her and then it was business time. and So that's why I don't like her. Okay. <laughs> um, my favorite scene is going to be the bar scene where they get into the fight. <laughs> because it's also my favorite line. Battle. Battle. <laughs> <laughs> and do I recommend this movie still? Like, if you would asked me before I watched the movie, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a good movie. You should watch it. (laughs) (laughs) After watching it again, I'm like, ah, it's not as good as I remember, but it's worth the time to watch it. So I'll give it a a slight recommend. Okay. Jesus. I recommend the movie. What are you mad at me? My favorite character is the dog. <laughs> really? The dog's not a character. <laughs> yes, he is. What's the character's uh, a... motivation? <laughs> <laughs> I have to poop. <laughs> That's the dog's motivation. Oh, what does the character want, and what does the character get? Food. By the movie? How does it grow? I love the dog in this movie. Okay. He's right there. He walks with them. He's he's like a character. Okay. And he is like a character. He plays a very prominent role in this movie. Okay. And he was my so favorite. Is the car. 
Okay. <laughs> so the car. My favorite oh, character is the car. gets him around. I'm gonna smack him. <laughs> I was really tempted to flick him in the ear when he said he wasn't recommending it. So if you want to do that, wow. Oh, him for Tony. Man. Tony, you know what? I'm I, sorry, I didn't know. Hurt my soul. I'm in the worst. Um, I'm gonna change mine to the trench coat. <laughs> oh, I love why Sparky. Elaine, why are you putting that knife to my throat? I think Michael is a great movie. <laughs> Uh, my least favorite character, probably. I'm. I'm probably gonna have to agree with you guys. I just. Amy McDowell. Yeah. Yeah. She honestly, I didn't care for who was the one that played. Who was Sparky's owner? Huey. Um, Huey. Played by. He wasn't my uh, favorite either. He needed more. To no, do. he he was just kind of there, but he yeah. didn't hurt. And he seemed kind of like a bumbling idiot, but okay. she annoyed me. His. Presence I didn't understand. I don't know if it's her fault because her character doesn't seem it doesn't seem well defined and it doesn't seem like you don't know. I don't think it's all her fault though. I don't think her character was well defined. I don't think they really knew what they were doing with her. They just put a girl in it because they needed a girl Mm. and they gave her this weird story that didn't make any sense. And then it was my like, can you sing? All right, Grin. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite scene was the part before the bar fight. When he's attracting, like, all the ladies are drawn to him and they're playing the song. So the dance sequence. And then they're like, what does he smell like? Candy and cookies. and it's I like that. Um, and then, I didn't really have a favorite line, but I liked, you don't have to mo- have money for someone to try to take it away. That's true. It is true. People try to hack my account. I don't have anything. <laughs> all right, so is it a recommend for Carly? For me, it's kind of a maybe. Ooh, see? At least I get I gave a recommend so, and you over here giving me venom. It's, so I didn't bad. really in the beginning I didn't understand what was going on and I didn't really connect with any of the characters. But overall, I didn't dislike it. It just it was kind of a hmm. There was definitely some good scenes. Yeah. I just think as a movie. So I give it a maybe. Maybe. So that's two yays. A maybay and a nay. Um, <laughs> Your favorite character? My favorite character is Michael. Not the dog. <laughs> <laughs> my least favorite character is the sheriff because he had no business locking up Amy McDowell. That's true. Um, and I don't think Amy McDowell is a good actress. No, she is. But isn't. she really had a great agent. No, she and did. And maybe this movie would have been better with that. a different <laughs> actress. I just want to reiterate it. Maybe. My favorite scene is the pie scene, where they're eating all the pie and they're ordering the pie. That and is the pie a pie song. I do enjoy the bar dance as well, but the pie scene is my favorite. <laughs> and my favorite line is, "I think I could forgive you anything." This is so. Sweet. And then he doesn't. It is. I just. Okay. I would say that this is a. Chael has some things to say yeah, about this movie. <laughs> this, is, this is not. This is. Just an easy afternoon watch. Okay. And that if I think you should try it, if you're just looking for some an e- something to enjoy, it's not a deep thinker, it has a little romance, yes, a little we know comedy, you it. It was your some idea. fights, it's got a little bit of everything. Uh-huh. So it's an action flick. Got it. Next time I'll, I'll Oh, <laughs> I would not just... call it an action flick. <laughs> so I would say, unlike Tony and unlike Carly, you should give it a chance. <laughs> All right, so what's next, Carly? Oh, you got to do your thing here. Up next no, is... No, 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 no. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> Please find us 
on Facebook, facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast. Like us, follow us, give us some feedback. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, pretty much anywhere you get your podcast, you can find us. We're on Instagram at Unmovie Podcast Dogs. We're on Twitter at Unmovie Podcast. And email us, unmoviepodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. That's right. We would love to hear from you. Tune in next week where we will be reviewing John's latest pick, which he has not shared with any of us. I don't know that he has a pick. What is your well, pick? I, I've been milling this around. <laughs> and, you know, at first I was going to pick a movie, and then I was like, no, I want to pick something cooler. But, see, the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is about to drop, right around the time that my episode will drop. And I'd really like to do Guardians of the Galaxy 1. That's not underappreciated. Uh-huh. <laughs> so... You're going to use the veto rule? It's a special occasion. It's a movie you really like. That's... (laughs) But it's not underappreciated. It's perfectly appreciated. People think it's wonderful. And the sequel's coming out, so it's a good time to talk about it. agrees it's wonderful. He's using his veto. He just wants to pick a movie. We can do that once in a while. Just pick a movie you want to do. Wait, when does your episode go up? Should be May 5th, I think. Hold on, hold on. I'll check well, that the seems calendar. like a good time. Let's yep. just check the calendar. You know, we're running. The I clock think actually, I think yours goes up the week after. Okay. Cause. What's today? Well, okay. Let's just let's just have a big long conversation oh, maybe about it. Maybe it goes up the sixth. I don't know. <laughs> okay. okay. So well, yeah. I was thinking maybe we could watch. We could all go see. Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy 2. 2 and then review it and do a, a, a live review. You know what? I like that better. I'll tell you what we're going to do, folks. But we're going to do either Guardians of the Galaxy or Guardians of the Galaxy 2. It's going to be a surprise. Stay tuned to find out. Anybody else got anything? No. Nope. Nope. All right. I like where your head's at. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.